John of All Trades Podcast, episode 342. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. It's solo episode time. It's been a hot minute since I checked in with you. In fact, the last time I was here, I was hosting a roundtable with parents of Palmer Elementary about their potential closure of our school. Now, that is not going to happen, thank God, nor are any of the other nine schools under consideration going to be closed this year. There's still work to be done. But man, we were in the thick of it there for a while. Additionally, this is now one of nine shows that I do. If you had told me in 2014 that someday I would be producer or talent on nine shows, that would have blown my mind. And you know what? My dream would have come true. So as I think back on the past, I I read this somewhere. I think it was Chuck Klosterman. But the only way to enjoy the present is to think about it as if it's the past. So you almost have to be nostalgic for the present. You have to project yourself in the future and be like, you know what? I had it pretty good back then. That is just about the only way to enjoy the present properly. I know that sounds like I'm smoking a lot of pot before I did this. I promise you I'm not. It's the middle of the day. It's a work day. But literally, you have to think about the present as if it's the past. And therefore... Your challenges aren't nearly as hard, and your pleasures are greater, because nostalgia is a hell of a drug. What can I say? But I thought about that again, because right before I recorded this, I was eating lunch. And I'm sitting in my house, and I've just got YouTube on. I've got something on in the background as I like just heat up some soup and whatever. And I come across this magic trick. So this is something that I do that I don't think anyone knows. I don't think I've ever talked about this. Like Kristen knows that I do this and maybe a couple of my friends, but I've literally never talked about this. But I love watching clips on YouTube from Penn and Teller Fool Us. That's a great show. I love Penn and Teller. I think they're phenomenal showmen. I, th- I, I, just, I love everything about them. Maybe you're not a fan of their sort of outspoken atheism. Or perhaps you don't care for their libertarian style of politics. That's fine. You can quibble with that. I I think they welcome that kind of dissent as well, which is another reason I like them. I tolerate dissent. Not enough people tolerate dissent. But the thing I love about Fool Us is Penn and Teller are like, hey, come with your best trick. Show us what you got. And then we're going to tell you whether we kind of got it or not, but in code so we don't ruin the trick for everyone else. It's kind of nice. It's very carny now that I think about it. I mean, it reminds me of a story, so this won't shock you, but Triple H, you know, former WWF champion, former leader of D-Generation X, he's now, like, the chief creative officer at WWE. But he's friends with Chris Angel. I know, shocker, right? Professional wrestler, professional magician, good friends, go on. But here's the deal. Chris Angel's like, hey, man, do you want to come... Down, I'll show you how these tricks work. And Triple H is like, no, why would I want to do that and ruin that for myself? That seems stupid. Like, why would I just want to remove that joy from my life? You know, you watch a cool magic trick. You don't know how it's done. 
There's a part of you that really wants to solve it, but as soon as you find out how it works, it's always disappointing. So he's smart enough to know, as a professional wrestler, like there's shit you shouldn't talk about when you're a professional wrestler. I mean, I've read shoot interview after shoot interview. I've seen seasons of Tough Enough. I know how it works. But it was a guy named Danny De Ortiz. And he's from Spain. He tells this incredible story at the beginning about how his mother used to ride on a bus with him for five hours each way, so 10 hours total, for him to do two hours a week of magic lessons. And he comes out and does this gonzo fucking card trick. Like, the, the rhythms of it are insane. Everyone else is handling the deck. It's, it's really, really hard to spot how he's doing the sleight of hand. I can't do it. I mean, fuck, I know one magic trick, and it fools my six-year-old and my eight-year-old. That's as good a magician as I am. It's not a great trick. It's a fine trick. Um, it's a fun party trick. It's nice to be able to do like a card trick. Just be that guy who you're like, hey, check it out. Hey, you want to see one card trick? I know it. So he does it. It's insane. And he has the most joyous rhythm. He is all over the place. He's manic. He's like, take, you know, two or seven or eight or one card. I don't care. Uh, and like just on and on. And he pulls off this insane magic trick that leaves Teller like in a puddle. And Teller is like this student of magic. He's the one who never talks. But he's watching this and he goes, he, he's, just, he's almost on the floor at how good this fucking trick is and how insane this dude's presentation is. That, to me, is an expression of pure joy. So this guy, Danny Ortiz, Danny Day Ortiz, has worked so hard at his craft and his mentor is one of the best like magicians in the history of Spain, probably in all the world. I'd never heard of him, but he's like, if I can do magic for him, I can do magic for anyone else. But clearly he has practiced his fucking ass off at this. And the result is pure joy. Not only for me in the audience, I laughed my ass off during the entirety of this trick. Alison Hannigan hosts this show. You remember her? She was in uh, American pie and Buffy the vampire slayer. Donnie Osmond's on stage for some reason. Penn and Teller are there. Everyone's laughing. Everyone's having a great time. And you know why? It's because that dude dedicated his life to getting really fucking good at something. And that something is now bringing joy to so many people. You know what that is? That's fucking freedom through hard work. And as I watch this, I go, why do I get so much joy out of this? And I go, oh, this is exactly what I hope the image of my life is. This is what I have worked to create. And now... I am a producer of nine fucking podcasts, and I could not be more thrilled with my life. It is amazing. What a feeling. But here's the thing. The joy is in the work. The joy is in the grind. If you don't like the grind, if you don't like the day-to-day -day rhythm of what you're doing, you will never get any fulfillment out of it, and you will never reach a level that the French refer to as jouissance. American and English vocabulary is very limited. Like we talk about joy in like very sort of generic ways. It, it's a term that covers a, a wide swath of human experience. Other languages have very, much more specific words. You think of German with a word like schadenfreude, right? Where you are taking pleasure in someone else's misery, Right. In one word, they've summarized what took me, what, taking joy in someone else's misery. Six words in English, right? That's just verbal clutter. The, the, the Germans have that dialed in. 
In French, there's a term called plaisir, and I'm going to butcher the French terms here, so forgive me for that. But there's a term called plaisir, and that's more surface-level joy. That's, that's like, oh, that was nice, and that was fun and cool. Jouissance is a deep, deep level of joy. That is something that touches your soul. You are enjoying that on a level that maybe you've never felt before. It, it comes from a place of either deep understanding or deep recognition. And it's an amazing, amazing feeling. Watching Teller watch that guy, Danny De Ortiz, do this insane magic trick, Teller was experiencing jouissance. You know why? He has worked his fucking ass off too. And so I sit here thinking about the fact that the way I get to describe my life, I remember when I was in corporate, sorry, I, I have a lot of digressions when I talk, but you already knew that. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm a public affairs representative for this large oil and gas company. That's satisfying on some level. That's fine. I'm a professional fucking podcast producer and I'm good. I've won awards. I have people reaching out to me now. I'm not casting out the net as much as I used to have to do. People are coming to me. And it's because I've worked so fucking hard at this. And now I don't mind hard work. I've never minded the hard work. I'm not afraid of hard work. I will work myself to the fucking bone. But I get to decide when, where, and how I apply my efforts. That is jouissance. And that is what I'm feeling. I thought about this additionally when uh, Powerball got up to like $2 billion, which was, what was that, like a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago? I can't fucking remember. And I have a general philosophy that I will buy a Powerball ticket when it gets to, how do I say it? When the jackpot exceeds the odds. So it's like one in 350 million or so that you will win the jackpot. When the jackpot reaches that level, it's like, okay, well, I'll be one in those 350 million or whatever, right? It's sort of just a goofy clothesline upon which to hang an excuse to buy a Powerball ticket. I, like, I'm not playing regularly. I'm not getting out of bed for 100 million. Like, what? I, nothing dumb like that. But I start playing and I'll buy usually two tickets. I have my numbers that I play and then I'll buy a quick pick. And so when I do that, I know what my $4 is paying for. Yes, like you can't win unless you play. So you got to have some skin in the game. But once you have skin in the game, what you're buying is you're buying permission to fantasize. Because you could fantasize, like I could fantasize about $350 million all day or a billion or whatever the fuck the jackpot was. It was huge, right? I can think about that all day, but it doesn't really amount to anything. When you're holding a ticket... You go, oh, well, all of a sudden, like, I do have that one shot. It is the, the tiniest, thinnest little clothesline upon which to hang the fantasy, but it is tangible. Like, it is real. You now have a shot at winning that. And that's fun. It's like, oh, where would I go first? You know, what would I buy? And we even covered this on Happy Friday. So, which, by the way, if you're not listening to Happy Friday, that is probably the funnest thing I've gotten to do in a very long time. It's phenomenal. Love Kevin and Art. We're having a great time on that show. More on that later. But I said, you know, what I would do is I would rent out the Mission Ballroom and I would have the Interrupters, Bad Cop, Bad Cop, and the Linda Lindas come play. And just for me, invited guests, 
cool people. And then I would have three Floyds fly out kegs of zombie dust and zombie dust would be free all night. It's my favorite beer. It's a bunch of my favorite bands, great venue, whatever. Right? So that's, that's fun. But what's funny is there's a paranoia and sort of an existential dread that comes with the Powerball fantasy. And it stands in stark contrast to what I just told you about how the joy is in the work and the joy is in the grind. Because once you have that much money, the problems you have today no longer exist. All of a sudden, everything that you've worried about, everything that you've struggled for, everything that you have tried to achieve in your life, you've shortcut it and you've shortcut it entirely. Just bluntly, like one day you have all these problems, the next day, none of them. They don't exist. You have brand new problems. You have weirder problems. And you have problems that you you can in no way intellectually be prepared for, which again is its own sort of philosophical quandary here. But all of a sudden, your struggle is no longer what it once was. And that's got to be weird because you no longer have to grind. Like we're all grinding for money. And sometimes that's good. Like in the case of my place where I'm very, very privileged, I get to be entrepreneurial in my grind and pursue passions and creative creatively fulfilling projects and work with people I like and respect doing work that I think matters. But if you're trapped in some grinding fucking terrible job, like some job that is physically taxing and causes you to breathe terrible chemicals and you are, you know, in society helping it run in ways that most people either don't recognize or don't appreciate, then yeah, the grind fucking sucks. There's rewards to be had, sure, and there's entrepreneurial environments. Shit, Mike Rowe made a whole show out of this, just showcasing people doing all this crazy, dirty, dangerous, hard, smelly work that made me much more grateful and, in many ways, is the spiritual predecessor to this show. When this show originated, I'm like, I want to learn about everything. And over 340-plus episodes, I've learned about a ton of jobs, and god damn do I find that rewarding. And in the intro of this show, that clip of, you know, you've all made it to the dance, that's Paul Heyman, who you might recognize as part of the bloodline in WWE now. He's been an on-screen character for a long time. He was with Brock Lesnar for a while. Now he's been with Roman Reigns for a long time. And at the time, he was head of ECW, and he was addressing the locker room as they put on their first big pay-per-view. And he said, you've all made it to the dance. So when someone comes on my show... I'm not usually featuring people who hate what they fucking do, right? That would be weird. It's like, hi, come on my show and talk about your job. Great. I fucking hate it. Let's shit all over it. That would make for weird, weird listening. But it's because they've all made it, right? They're doing something that brings them joy and brings them fulfillment. And I fucking love that. Like, that is amazing. So here's where the paranoia comes in. All of a sudden... You don't have to grind anymore if you win that Powerball. And what do you do to fill the days? Have you ever hung out with a bunch of rich dilettantes? Like people who maybe were born into money or you find yourself in some country club or you're, you're in some banquet hall or some charity reception. It doesn't matter how you got there, but all of a sudden you're surrounded by an echelon of people with whom you're not terribly familiar and you listen to them talk, 
and you watch them exist and you hear their problems and you go, man, you are bored off your fucking tits. Like literally you could not be more bored with your life or more resentful of the fact that existent. And I don't want to project here. I don't know these people, but you get a vibe that it's like, you're almost resentful of the fact that you have all this money and that your life almost has no meaning. It has no purpose. So if you win that Powerball, how do you find purpose? How do you find new meaning? How do you find new pursuits? How do you find a new fucking hill to climb? And I don't know the answer to that, and I likely never will. But just because my brain never stops working, and by the way, this is why I frequently consume weed. It's because it really evens me out, because this is the kind of shit I think about at all times. But how do you get there? How do you make your life have meaning? How do you find fulfillment? How do you make the grind of every day? Because, I mean, really, there's only so much golf you can play. There's only so much leisure pursuits that you can I pursue, right? That was an Austin Powers moment. That was nice. <laughs> but at a certain point, you got to start putting in the hours again. Otherwise, man, you're just going to waste away in a haze of, of drunkenness and meaninglessness. And I think sometimes, like I said, you'll find yourself in those rooms and you'll see that. And it's always, always weird. So anyway, I think about that. The, the fact that I have this combination of creative freedom and success, and I recognize the joy in the grind, man, just, it puts me over the moon because literally I don't think I've ever been happier professionally. And the fucked up part about that is I still struggle against anxiety and depression. Why? I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose the easy answer is brain chemistry. But I want it to be deeper than that. That almost feels too easy. Every time I've gone to a psychiatrist, they're like, yeah, you're not a good candidate for medication. You just need talk therapy. I'm like, are you shitting me? I talk for a fucking living. Like, that's all I do. Literally, it's all talking and writing. It's all communicating. And so your suggestion for that is more? I'd be like telling someone they have tennis elbow and being like, oh, you know what you need? More tennis. Definitely. No, the problem here is not enough tennis. Really? Because it, it feels like it's strained from overuse. And I think too much. No, no, more tennis. Like, that should, that should clear your tennis elbow right up. Oh, good. Thank you. Great talk. Oh, fantastic. And I'm not saying I need to take fucking drugs. But what I am saying is I wish my human brain, my human brain, right? Like, like, like I have some other kind of species brain in there too somewhere. But I wish my dumbass fucking human brain would cut itself a break a little bit more. But I've said many times in this show, I am wired for anxiety. And this entrepreneurial lifestyle is one that helps the anxiety the most. Because it channels me into a positive direction. It channels me into action, into thought, into creativity. And I tell you that because now that I am working on nine different shows, and I, I mean, it's not nine every week, but I have nine under my sort of umbrella, and then a couple of PR clients too. John of All Trades has fallen on the back burner, and I'm not going to end it. I can't see myself ever ending it, but we're kind of sporadic with the schedule, and I don't like that. And I also miss writing for fun. 
And Happy Friday has largely taken the place of Top 5 Fun Friday. Which, goddamn, that was a great series to write. And I got a lot of great feedback. People told me how much they loved reading that. And if, you, if you're one of the people who told me that, thank you. It means the absolute world to me. When you take some time out of your day to read my silly bullshit, dude, what a gift. What a privilege. So in the spirit of that, since I have been told, it's like, hey, we like what you write. And I enjoy writing. And it also keeps me sharp and keeps my joy of writing. Shit. Now that I think about it. Oh, you talk for a living and you communicate for a living? Maybe more talk therapy. God damn it. It's like I write for a living and I'm trying to write more for fun now? Christ, I'm insane. So, yes, more tennis for the tennis elbow. I've got a new series coming. We're going to be talking about something I love. Uh, It's just a lot of personal anecdotes. It's fantastic. Um, And, again, with Happy Friday, with what I do on the blog series, with what I do on John of All Trades, I'm trying to be positive. And I'm trying to elevate because there is so much negativity in the world and so much snark. And I realized this recently. Actually, I've known this for some time, but it came very clearly into focus for me thanks to some insights. But I have a way of expressing my taste that if I don't like something... I will describe it in a way that potentially makes others feel bad if they like that thing, which is a nice skill to have because it means I'm very descriptive and very evocative and I know how to get to the fucking point really quickly. But also when you weaponize that and you use that against people that you love and you're not meaning to make feel bad about things that they like, um, it just turns you into a prick. You know what I mean? So I'm working really, really hard on not shitting as much on the things that I don't like. I mean, it, there are some exceptions, like the <laughs> the uh, like Las Vegas Raiders and things like that. But, you know, who fucking cares? It's sports. Shit on the Broncos all you want. Especially shit on the Broncos now. They are awful. Did you watch them last weekend? Jesus Christ. Terrible. Just probably, I wrote this on Facebook, but this is without a doubt the most unpleasant team I've ever had the displeasure of watching. And that is true. So sometimes like that still lives in me. But when it comes to bands or venues or cities or just anything people actually like and I don't like it, I had to learn to hold my fucking tongue, man. So I'm working on that. It's I'm not perfect. It's a work in progress. Um, and I don't I, – it's funny. I didn't plan on talking about this. But, um, yeah, that, that kind of thing is, uh, is important. And meaningful. And I kind of lost my train of thought there. But look for a new blog series. That's coming soon. And please tune in to Happy Friday. If you're not listening to that, that show, man, me and Kevin and Art are having the best time talking about stuff going on around Denver, playfully busting each other's balls. Like, we, we can all take it. We're all on the same page. We all like each other. So a little bit of snark hurled one way or the other. We can all take it. It's a safe environment. Hopefully it's fun for you. But do me a favor. Like us on the socials. It's Happy Friday Den on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And get on your favorite podcatcher and hit subscribe. And get the episodes. Start your weekend off with some joy. Because that under Mile High Life. And by the way, hooking up with Mile High Life. I'm doing some work for them. And I've got another new show that's debuting probably... When is this going to air? In a month or so. 
And it's with someone notable in Denver. And if you follow me personally on socials, you probably saw two of the people that I've already connected with. We've got a lot more in the hopper. And I got to tell you, the show I'm producing for this one, man, this guy is an absolute natural. And so fucking good at what he does that I watch him interview people and I'm envious. And I think I'm a pretty damn good interviewer myself, but I'm like, shit, man, like the, the way that you get to this faster than I would have to a place of emotional truth with your guests is just such a thing of beauty. He and I have connected immediately. So I got to give a shout and I'll say more about this. I'm being a little bit cryptic right now, but I'll say more about this as we get closer. But I got to give a shout to Nate Lundy and Jeff Morton, who ever since I got in contact with those guys, man, it's lit another creative spark under me. And again, I am so grateful for the joy that I feel with my stupid life. I lived the life that I wanted. And I don't know how things will go in the future. No one knows. Tomorrow is promised to no one. But if you think about the present as if it's the past, it becomes a hell of a lot better. And if you're going through tough times, it becomes a hell of a lot easier. Because if you can project yourself into the future, you can be like, yeah, that was a hard time. But you know what? I got through it. So project yourself into the fucking future. The present doesn't seem as daunting. And hopefully, you climb whatever mountain it is you're trying to get over. That's my message to you. The joy is in the grind. Find a grind that you like. Find a grind that you enjoy. Find something that you go, man, you know what? I can do this every day because it allows me to do this. Or it allows me to live this life. And hot damn, man, your outlook will improve a thousand percent. I'm in a place of privilege. I've worked very, very hard. I've had a lot of help along the way. If I can help you, you reach out to me. I, I, I will offer my time generously if you're looking to make the leap. There are any number of you who have already done that, and I hope I've been helpful to you. We are all only what we do and who we help. So I avail myself to you for that. Reach out to me. The email is john at deftcom.us, J-O-N at D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. Or hit me up on social. It's J-O-A-T pod across platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. And let's be serious here. I just like the rhythm of those words in order. I haven't been on Pinterest I have a couple of things that I'll look at on Pinterest when I want to laugh. Maybe I'll post those. Um, I haven't been on Pinterest in years. I've never really been on Snapchat. So if you reached out to me on that, that would be fucking funny. Um, I probably didn't get the message. But Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I'm on all those platforms. Hit me up. You know what else I'll do? I'm going to post a video to that Penn and Teller fool us. That'll be embedded in the show notes and in the companion blog piece, but that Penn and Teller fool us with Danny Day Ortiz, because literally that put me in the best mood. And I go, yep, we're going to record now because I'm flying high off of that. Let's share that joy across the world. Now then let's get back to your day or rather I'm going to let you get back to your day. So let's play the outro. The John of all trades podcast is a production of deft communications. Check out deft on the web. D E F T C O M dot U S. I want another client today. It's phenomenal. Things are going great. But hit me up if you want to. I already gave you the email address on the web. It's deftcom.us.
Our sponsor is 4 Degrees Digital. The number 4, D-E-G-R-E.es. It's no longer their web address, but it'll get you there. Anything you're doing online, 4 Degrees can help you do it better. Building a website, doing some sort of campaign, email marketing, online advertising, social media marketing, whatever it is, they can help you do it better. Get your message in front of the people who actually need to see it. The number 4, D-E-G-R-E.es. I gave you the social handles. What else am I missing? Podcatchers, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Audible. Wherever you get your pods, I'm on that platform. Hit that subscribe button. Brand new episodes will come directly to you. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. I've been going around and leaving reviews of the podcasts I love. That has been very rewarding, too. If you take a minute and do that, that would be great. It took me, like, fucking, what, 45 seconds to do that? So, if you're willing to do that for me, hot damn I think that's like the fourth time I've said that. But I mean it all the same. I'm out of here for this week. I'll be back very soon. We're hitting. Uh, we're hitting. We're coming around to the holidays. So look for that brand new blog series. And until I hear you again, take care of yourselves. Be good to yourself. Say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny.